So as you're aware, we have been looking at Romans 12, verses 9 to 21. Um, like I said, I, I've said before, Romans is probably my favorite book in the Bible and maybe one of the more complex books in the Bible, and I've read it many, many times, and I still don't understand it, but I'm working on it. But this Acts 12 to 9 to 21 is just an absolutely amazing part of Scripture. Um, it, it, and I say that because it's really sharing God's heart with us. It's, it's providing us instructions on how we can walk and follow after God and walk into all he has for us. He, he's sharing instructions with us on how we can live the life that he has for us because the life he has for us, it, it, it's, it, it's like what Michelle was prophesying earlier that, that it's a life of victory. It's a, it's a life of just amazing wonderful things, okay? I was thinking about what Sarah was sharing about that that um, woman that uh, was de declaring those things, and, and we actually bought the book, and it, it's not, not here yet, but um, it was really interesting because she, they were describing how, what this declaring decree is all about, and declaring and decreeing is really about declaring and decreeing the truth of the Bible, okay? And, uh, and, and that's because there's so much truth in there. And, and these scriptures here, 9 to, 9 to 21, is, is full of amazing truth that's just going to help us to walk into all God has for us, both individually and collectively as a church. And that's why we're calling it Christian ethics. And Christian ethics, and I keep changing the definition every week a little bit, but it's guided by God's revelation in Scripture above other systems of thought as we seek to love God and neighbor in every moral issue. See, in this section of Scripture, Paul does an absolutely amazing job of giving the church guidance on how God wants us to live how he wants us to live this Christian life under every circumstance. And it doesn't matter whether we're going through a hard time or we're going through a time of blessing. So far, we've studied Romans 12 to 9 to 12, which is let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. All of which, as we've talked about before, but I'm just going to remind us, needs to be looked at in light of the whole book of Romans, but, not, but especially Romans 12, 1 to 3. And what Romans 12, 1 to 3 says is this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your faithful, which is your spiritual worship. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern that what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Excuse me. We, as followers of Jesus, are called to present our bodies as a living sacrifice in a holy and acceptable manner to our God. And Romans 12, verses 9 to 21, this section on Christian ethics helps us to do. It helps us to do that instead of presenting our bodies to anything else, which is worldly worship. We are not to conform to this world that we live in, okay? We are citizens of a higher place. Instead, we should renew our minds and be transformed by filling them with the things of the Lord, starting with the Bible, of course, and anything he speaks to you. And when you do that, and you honor him, and you follow after those scriptures, and you begin to walk them out and apply them to your life, as you declare them over yourself, and as you'll find out as we get down further over others, it's spiritual worship. Like, we need to be declaring healing over Frank. Scriptures support that. We're not just pulling it out and naming it and claiming it and saying, saying, you know, but it's what Scripture says. And I, for one, as I said earlier in, at the beginning of the service, my heart aches for the healing of people. My heart aches for us to walk into all that God has for us. You know, we're scratching the surface now of who God is. Okay, and I don't think it was ever intended for us to wait till a sweet by and by to really know him in totality. He gave us his word, which we understand is a fraction because it says at the end of John, I suppose if you had written down everything he said or did, the earth couldn't even hold all the books. Okay, so we know there's a whole lot more. Okay. But that Bible is so precious and so full of truth. But then there's so much more. There's teachings and this and that and the other thing that we can go on to. But we need to always, achieve, always choose what is good and perfect and acceptable, God's best for us. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't he want to do it? Because each one of us is, is his favorite. You know, it's been funny over the years, as I've said that, um, some people have come up and, and actually had uh, uh, wherewithal to say to me, how can you say I'm his favorite? Because you are. <laughs> it's just that simple. You are. We all are. Because he loves us so much. I mean, why would Jesus go to the cross? We were bought with a very high price. The blood of Jesus. So why wouldn't we want God's best? All of us, all of all of which helps us to relate well to fellow believers and to be a solid witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ, which again Romans twelve nine 
and 21 helps us to do. So let's move on to the next verse. Romans 12, 13. I don't know about you, and I am absolutely delighted that we're going through this. I'm just enjoying it. And fortunately, most of the conviction that I go, uh, go under is done by the time I get to Sunday morning so I can actually look in the eye and, and share with you what I'm thinking. Because um, when I start Monday, kind of, I got this this practice on Monday, I do this Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday on putting a message together. I'm not like some of these brilliant people who can sit down Saturday night at 9, 9.30 and have their message together and go to bed by 10.30. But I, I just need to dig into it. So Romans 12, 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. I love this verse. Continue to Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Some some people say, as I was doing uh, study and so forth, that that this verse is the last of what might be called the kind of the general injun injunctions that nine to twelve starts out with nine to thirteen, and as we get into fourteen, it's going to change a little bit. That what we've looked at so far is relatively positive. It's been encouraging. It's been edifying. It's been strengthening. Not to say the other stuff isn't. But it, there, as we get into those down the road, we'll see that it kind of changes a little bit. It's positive in that we've been looking at things um, that I think help us to improve our walk with Jesus. I know, as I've been looking at some stuff, and, and you'll see it today when we get into the, this hospitality, um, that there's things he's talking about there that means different than what I understood in the past. And then after this verse, Paul begins to give us instructions on how we are to interact with others and their situations, whether positive or negative. So back to 12.13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Remember, last week, Paul reminded us that Following after Jesus was not always trouble-free. That there were times of trials and tribulations and troubles. Now, if I was God, and y'all need to be extremely thankful I'm not. Well, first off, I think when somebody got saved, I'd just take them right to heaven so they wouldn't have to deal with this world. But then that wouldn't leave many witnesses <laughs> are soul winners. Okay, so God has a better plan. But we need to understand who we are in this world. And we need to understand what lies before us even as we go through these trials and troubles and, and, and tribulations that they're really light momentary afflictions, as it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17. And the only way that we can say that is if we have an internal perspective. That our lives here may be 60, 70, 80 years or whatever, or for Carol, it's about 120. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that we need to understand that there's a whole lot more beyond that. Eternity with Jesus, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, with people who have gone before us, with each other. You know, it's, it, it's, and when we have that kind of uh, um, perspective, then we can easily say, well, these are just light momentary afflictions. But now Paul's moving on. He understood something here in this verse that he wants us to understand. That though we go through hard times, we are not the only ones who experience suffering and afflictions. We're surrounded by people who do. And what this is all about, this verse is all about, is not to forget them. Our friends, our family, both spiritual and natural, those we go to church with and those we don't. The first part, I'm going to divide it up into two parts. The first part, Romans 12, 13, A, contribute to the needs of the saints. The word contribute, koinor arrow, koinor arrow. I'm really good at Greek. I'm still looking for my first language, by the way. So, um, But it means to have in common, to share, to do together, to share in, community, fellowship, participation. And the word saints is the word hagios, those who are following after the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are to share our blessings that God has given with us with the ones following Jesus when they are in need. Remember how we talked about last week about how these verses 9 through 21 are interrelated, that they're not just random thoughts that Paul was just sitting there and going, oh, yeah, I right know, oh, yeah, right now, yeah, 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 yeah. That there was a method to his madness. That obviously he was following the Holy Spirit. But that these things all tie together. And in verse 10, we talked about love and concern for one another. Now we're getting into a way that we can demonstrate that love and concern for one another by contributing to the needs of God's people. To be very blunt and put it right out there, Paul is calling us to share our belongings with our needy brothers and sisters. Barclay Newman says you can write this verse, this part of the verse this way. Give to your fellow Christian what they need or give what you have to your fellow Christians who do not have what they need. Now, I'll, I want to make sure we understand something here. We are not talking about our brothers and sisters' desires, likes, or wishes. Hey, Gary, can you help me out? I need a new pool table. All right, there's this $2,600 couch I saw. And, you know, I really only afforded that $400 couch down at the other store. Or, uh, uh, 
you know, I've been, I think God's called me to, to go on a cruise, and I think God's telling me you're supposed to pay for it. <laughs> or, or they need a brand new Xbox, okay, because theirs is worn out because that's all they do is, is play the Xbox 12 hours a day. There's a difference between necessities and luxuries. There's a difference between wants and needs, okay? It's one of the things I love about the Candles Ministry is they're meeting needs, okay? And we want to be able to do that. See, we, we learned a lesson, which I think Terry will remember, several years ago, quite a few years ago, when there was a, some people that bought a couch they really couldn't afford. It put them in a very hard, in a very bad position. And they came to us, and I don't know if we should have or should not have, but we helped them out when they could have really afforded a cheaper one. They didn't need the really expensive one. And Paul, when he's talking about needs here, is zeroing in on food, clothing, and shelter, you know, which are our basic needs, okay? And this is really part of church fellowship. And it's not talked about all that much. Now, I, I'm not a communist, I'm not a socialist, okay? But I do believe that when we have relationships with people and we have that love that we talked about in verse 10 and 9, that when we see somebody that's not eating, we should help them, okay? The fellowship that is not just hanging out but it's helping people who are going through a difficult time in terms of a, of a great lack of needs. And we can do that individually or we can do that collectively. You know, over the years, this church has helped many people, so uh, even some fairly recently. Again, this is all following up on about what we've said. Boy, it's really quiet in here. But it's, what I'm talking about is duties of love. John Calvin says this. He, Paul, returns to the duties of love, the chief of which is to do good to those from whom we expect the least reimbursement. Maybe a good way to do that, if people struggle with this, is to do it anonymously. You know, just if you know some people don't have a lot of groceries and you feel like you want to bless them, go buy a bag of groceries, put it on your front door and leave. You know, I'm not saying you have to do that, but but we don't want to expect any payback. We don't want to go, okay, <clears throat> you owe me now. That's not what I'm talking about. See, the bottom line is that we as believers who walk in and practice love should be willing to help when we see a true need. And we have the wherewithal to at least help take care of that need. I, I, I'm not talking about having a joint bank account in the church where everybody can use whatever, okay? 
There are people that God's going to bless a little more than others. Why? Is But I think that's all part of what we're talking about. So moving on to the second part, Romans 12, 13b, seek to show hospitality. Now that word seek, dioko, means to press forward, to hasten, to pursue, to run after, to practice, to strive for. In other words, you go looking for hospitality. You don't wait for it to drop in your lap, okay, to fall in your lap. We use that word hospitality a lot, but the word here in the Greek is a lot stronger than what we usually mean by it. Here the word, Greek word for hospitality means love for strangers, foreigners, kindness to strangers, to receive a stranger as a guest. We're to love strangers. Now, we're to be people. Now, stick with me for a few moments here. We're to people, be people that pursues to run after strangers and foreigners, to, to take care of them when they have needs. Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not neglect to sh show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. In other words, we're to allow hospitality to be the leader and follow after it. I, I realize we live in a very strange day, okay? And that we need to be careful in what we're doing, okay? And fortunately, we have the Holy Spirit who will lead us, guide us, protect us. But we also have the wisdom of God, which we can operate under, versus the wisdom of man, our own wisdom. And still, the scriptures are still the same today than they were back then. They're still true. They still apply. Though these were written when there were not a lot of hotels, VRBO, Airbnbs, and so forth. And what he's getting at here, there were a lot of, for lack of a better word, missionaries and Christian ministry and ministry workers and so forth there. They were traveling around and often just needed a place to stay who were strangers or foreigners. But they were brothers and sisters. And we still have many of those folks today who could use a place to just lay their head down from time to time and maybe a meal, which gives us the opportunity to contribute to the needs of the saints first part of the scripture. There's all kinds of things you can do. God has uh, helped us. God's leading Chris and I, you know, our house. We're putting two bedrooms in the basement. We don't need a five-bedroom house. There's only two of us. Um, if we get mad at each other, we only need a third bedroom. And in 28 years of marriage, that hasn't happened, so I just want you to be aware of that. Um, Because we want to have a place for strangers. If they need a place to lay their head, they're missionaries or whatever, or whatever God leads us to do. You know, ask God what he wants you to do. He'll lead you, and you'll be blessed as you follow. <clears throat> See, it all ties together. 
all of this. You know, it's an amazing thing. I'm going to make this statement. God knew what he was doing. Duh. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing if we served a God that had no idea what was going on? It was like we were listening to this teaching the other day by John Paul Jackson. And he was talking about progressive... Uh, Omnipresence. Progressive omnipresence. Oh, was it? What? Oh, okay. And that God, there's people who believe that God, as he takes a step, walks into something new all the time. Well, that's, that's not true. He lives outside. He knows what's going on all the time. You know, and you never know. God might just bring a person and you don't know if it's a stranger or a foreigner and he may use you to make that person a brother or a sister in the Lord because of your hospitality. You just never know. See, these are amazing teachings by Paul. They're not just general instructions that can be vague at times, and we're sitting there scratching our head and going, what do we do? No, it's, it's much more than that. These teachings are really laying out what is the Christian life we're supposed to walk. How do we walk the walk and not just talk the talk? As I said before, this section of scripture is, is not just in response to verse uh, 1 and 2, but the whole of Romans and even beyond. The other 60, 65 books. Martin Lloyd-Jones puts it this way. They are the key to the whole conduct of the Christian, and they govern the, the rest of this epistle right to the end of chapter 16. You know, so back to hospi hospitality. Remember from the teaching a few weeks ago that all Christians are our brothers, our sisters, our fathers, and our mothers, that they are as close to us as a natural family member. After all, the blood of Jesus is what's walking through, I mean, flowing through our veins. That's one of the prayers that I think Terry prayed it this morning over me, that let the blood of Jesus replace the blood of Gary, you know? I mean, I don't know about you, but I think I'd rather have the blood of Jesus. It's not gonna have any disease. But we're all related, that all Christians should love each other as a natural family does, as we, as we discussed that in verse 10. So the question is, why wouldn't we want to pursue hospitality? Why wouldn't we want to help the saints that are in need as we discussed in the first part of the verse in the scripture here? Remember the second great commandment? Mark 12, 31. Second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, the word neighbor there means members of the human family. 
I guess I can't really eliminate anybody, can I? I mean, I don't know about you, but there are probably some people I'd like to eliminate. Not that way, okay? <laughs> I'm watching Sarah go, oh. <laughs> Don't worry, Sarah, you're not on that list. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not talking about that. I mean, let's be honest. There's some people, if you know they need help, you're going to go, oh, yeah, you know? And there's some people, if you know they need help, and they'll go, I'll pray for Robert to get that vision. <laughs> Did you hear the amen from Carol back there? <laughs> yeah. But this, this discussion, for this discussion, the other members for us are members of our Christian family. Though it really could be non-Christians at times, but those are the people whom we are to love in word and deed. I mean, look at 1 John 3, 16, 18. <clears throat> when I read this, I've read 1 John 3, 16, 18 a number of times, like you have. But when I started reading it, in light of what this, what we're talking about, it took on a whole new level. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. And it's like, you know, so oftentimes when I've done marriage counseling, the, the guys are sitting there, so when are we going to talk about submission? And I'll go, right after we talk about how the husband is supposed to love his wife as Christ loved the church. So are you ready to die for her? <laughs> submission kind of fades into the background. <laughs> but for our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the wor world's goods, and sees his brother in need, and closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Ooh, that one went, whoop. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. That takes Christianity to a whole new level. We are family. You know, who was it? Aretha Franklin had that song, We Are Family. <laughs> some of you are remembering some things, aren't you? When I played that one time before. Um, but it takes Christianity to a whole new level. We need to make sure everybody's got food, shelter, and clothing. And again, it all ties back to, to, into the kind of love that we should have for each other that we discussed back in verse 10. Now, we need to be clear about something here. Our primary call is to our brothers and sisters. It's not, I mean, that's all we do. I mean, Galatians 6.10, I think, lays it out pretty, pretty well. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Everyone. I need to find everyone, everyone, and especially, though, to those who are of the household of faith. So again, there's, there's this opportunity for hospitality that we're supposed to be going for. And, but if we're not certain about the folks, then when you see a need, pray. See, I'm of the, of the mind that somebody could have some needs because they were kind of foolish with what they did. They bought the new 
$35,000 car that they shouldn't have. Okay? When the $15,000 used car would have been more than adequate. And then they would also have groceries. And God may be trying to help them to understand some things. So we need to make sure we're always following the Holy Spirit and then we're always doing what God would have us to do. Martin Lloyd-Jones put puts it this way. Enter into fellowship with all saints who are in need. Pursue, seek after this love of strangers. Practice hospitality, kindness to others. And as you do, you will be pleasing your Lord and Master. And as you do, he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant as it says in Matthew 25, 23. See, a good rule of thumb is this. You can't go wrong if you show the love of God, the love of Christ, and hospitality to anybody and everybody as the Spirit leads. You can't go wrong, okay? You just can't go wrong. As we do, we will be pleasing our amazing Father God and his love, that his love abides in us. And as we do, we will contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. I don't have a problem with people having wealth. Really don't. But I do have a problem with people having a lot of wealth and just hoarding it when they could be helping other people, especially a believer, okay? Because I don't think that's what God's all about, okay? I think what God's all about is making sure we all have our needs met. And sometimes that's directly, sometimes that's individually, and sometimes that's through the church, just like we did for Pat and Kate, okay? But it's always following the Holy Spirit. It's always about prayer and making sure that we're lining up with the Word of God. I mean, everything has to fall back to that. But at the same time, we are to go looking for for hospitality, to be used to bless strangers and to bless foreigners that we may or may not know, you know. Um, God is good. And I think that as we do that, individually and collectively, that God will take care of all of us. Now, we may not be eating filet mignon every night, or prime rib. Personally, I kind of prefer hot dogs. <laughs> did, you see that, that, did you see that guy on July 4th ate 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes? The, the woman ate 37 or something like that. I couldn't eat 62 hot dogs in... Ten days, I couldn't. I couldn't do it in a day. 
and that was a rabbit trail. I know, I understand that, but yeah. Hey, there was about six or seven others I almost followed today too. So <laughs> yeah, you should consider yourself blessed. Um, God is using these scriptures. You know, we're expecting this move of God. And I think it's with great faith that we can expect it because it's going to happen. And, and I, I think it's just a matter of time, not a matter of if. But I really do believe these scriptures here are helping us or will help us to navigate and to work with some of the foreigners and strangers that come in. Because we always want people to feel welcome. We want them to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we, even more so, we want them, not more so, but we also want them to feel loved and cared for. And these scriptures, like especially these ones I was talking about today, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality, that that speaks abundance. Like it said in, in the scripture in John, that to love in word and deed. Let us not love in word and talk, but who's calling me? Oh, anybody want a phone call from Span Risk? That we just love people. That we just love people. Because that's what we're about. Because that's what Jesus was about. That's what the Father's about. That's what the Holy Spirit's about. So let's stand.